0: Gareth Hall here. It's great to be with you for the first ever Giddy Up's Punting Bible. Now, I had a chat to Jackson France, who is a sensational producer and our producer on Giddy Up, and he said that we needed to put together a show that would gather all of the information that we have produced on Giddy Up towards the back end of the week to help the punters out to back a few winners on a Saturday. And I said to Jacko, that's why you're the best producer in the game. I that was a sensational idea. So we'll kick off the Giddy Up punting Bible with catching up with a few of the major players um, for this meeting at Flemington on a Saturday afternoon. And we kick off by catching up with David Eustace, who has Mirabi going around, of course, in the Black Caviar Lightning Stakes.
1: We think so. We think she'll run them, yeah, really big race, fresh. Um, we're looking forward to going down the straight as well. She's got, <laughs> excuse me, high cruising speed, uh, very high, and is able to sort of quicken off that thousand pressure. Is, is perfect for her. So um, I think she could be very, considerably very strong late.
0: So that was David Eustace of Morabi. the stablemate Cool and Gat has a big chance in the lightning. Here's David talking about the filly. She's
1: great. Um, obviously everyone's seen her trials, she has been very good. Um, she's definitely strengthened up and you know, as a result, you know, looks even sharper again. So yeah, we're comfortable with the draw. Pretty pleased to see that. Um she's gonna travel very deep into the race you would think. And
2: um, so she's able to really finish that off.
0: The favourite for the Lightning Stakes is Nature's Trip. Rod Lyons is his managing part owner.
2: It's been all positive from that point of view. His trials and jump out in Sydney, his jump out at Melbourne, his enthusiasm, his demeanour, his action, his breathing, it's all terrific. They couldn't be happier with him. Um, James has been riding him in work and Stewie, who rides him all the time, they're saying he's as good as ever now. As you say, he's an eight-year-old and he's going to war again on, on Saturday. He races against the best every time he goes out there. He gives his best, yeah. and he'll do that on Saturday. But he's showing no signs of uh, of any battle fatigue at the
0: Here's Matthew Smith talking about Bundes Notches, the three-year-old going around the lightning stakes.
3: Yeah, no, he's in good order. Uh, he's uh, he's healthy, and his work's been good. So, uh, yeah, I'm really comfortable with where he's up to for his first up run, and you know he's, he's uh, you know really in good shape.
0: Let's hear now from the South Australian trainer Richard Jolly, who's talking about See You in Heaven, who is the favourite, of course, for the second race at uh, Flemington on Saturday.
4: So,
5: yeah, we're so happy with her, where she's at, and as I said, her goal's are the guineas. Um, so, yeah, we aim. I, I still think there's an improvement in her um, after Saturday's run. So, let's um, you know, we're just hopeful you know she has a, a good clean run and, um, you know, head towards the Guinness.
0: And one of the other features on the program is the C.S. Hayes and Attrition will be representing young Ballarat trainer Mitchell Friedman.
5: Oh, yeah, I think I think he's good enough to go there and be really competitive. Yeah. Um, Still a young horse and, you know, they've got to go and keep performing and until they're fully mature, you, you know, you're sort of always worried about whether they're ready, you know, you know how, how many good runs they can put in and how, how many times they can keep dominating races like that. But look, what he's done at home and, and everything like that, Yes, he's still on song. And, um, yeah, we're just looking forward to Saturday and then seeing what he can do.
0: And Now let's catch up with Liam O'Keefe and Nick Ashman who joined me on a Friday morning to preview this card at Flemington. And now it's time to listen to the weekend preview team who came together on a Thursday morning having a chat about this magical Flemington card. Let's have a look at the first race we're previewing. It's the feature race, the Black Caviar Lightning Stakes at Flemington down the straight. Market has Nature Strip at $2.00. I Wish I Win $12, Fire at $71, Baller. Tony Golan gave Baller a good push the other day, $19 for the Queenslander. Bella Nipatina, $13, Rockin' Horse at 13 Mirabi at eight fifty. dollars Notches at $13, and then Gatter at $7. The question I pose to you here, Jack Dickens, can you back to Strip at $2 from an inside gate down the straight at Flemington?
6: Uh, best horse in the race. Loves for the Flemington track, Uncle Chris. You cannot, you cannot knock this horse. I think he should be about a dollar eighty. Barry One's irrelevant. He's the fastest horse here. He would do whatever he wants. Um, uh, I don't really want to get stuck into it at that price. Just as a big one out bet, I'll probably work something into it later on in the show though. And uh, I thought Marabi, I really, really like Marabi as a horse. I just have big concerns, and it's sort of one of my Many little rules, G, is straight track form wins straight track races, and she hasn't got any, and they didn't take her for a trial as far as I could tell from the very slow-paced David Ooster's interview, which I downloaded the app and listened to this morning. He's great, Krasner, he, Off David? the mark. Yep. And uh, I thought Buenos Noches of the other horses presented a potential betting opportunity. Just hate backing horses, that settle last down the straight. But barrier 11, he could sort of be three or four wide midfield, Craig Williams, like the deepest thinker, the best human being in racing, there. He's he's not going to stuff it up. I reckon I wish I wins a huge risk barrier for no speed. Like he he doesn't lead or be near the speed over 1500 meter races against his own grade. So good luck
0: here. Dean Watling.
7: Yeah, fascinating race. Dick, I touched on it then. I think the biggest thing for Buenos Noches is the jockey switch. Craig Williams on. That's a big tick. But 3 olds don't have the best record. You've got to be sort of a proper three-year-old um, like Home Affairs was last year to win this race. So that's my only reserve. And Matt Smith was a little concerned over 1,000 fresh on the show this morning. Major Strip, I think we'll get longer come race day. I'm keen on Morabi here. Oh, I like the setup. I think she's untapped. Um, Trials and jumpouts have been absolutely outstanding. I really like Barrier 5 too. So I think she's the one that the market has missed at a price. Um, I think you could put a pen through. Bellini Patino, dry track, rocking horse, 1,000 metres is a massive query for mine. and I think you can sort of work your way through the race in that sense. Agree with I wish I win, Dico. I think 1,200 metres next start's a big target. So if I'm having a bet in the race, I think I'm going to spec Marabi, And if Nature trip sort of gets out to that 2.30, 2.40 price, I think that's when you can sort of chime into him. I would
6: just say, like, Bones Noches. would you agree, is more of a 1,100-meter horse than a 1,200-meter yeah. horse? So this is, yeah, you've got Nature Strip, Mirabi and Koolangatta. But this is going to be a, a properly run 1,000-meter race. I think that suits 1,100-meter horse. Often the theme up the straight. I, I, I agree mirabi has got unlimited. Well, you don't know how good she is. She, she is exciting, but she hasn't seen the straight, and that's a big question mark for me.
0: Mickey Gatton, 1,000-metre horses. You've got to back 1,000-metre horses and 1,000-metre races. That was a lesson that I think you lads tried to teach me all those years ago. Listening to the participants today, David Eustace mentioned that Cool and Gatton would be the best out of the the three mares trained by the Marin Eustace team. Matty Smith said Buddhist notches can win, but a 1,000 metres looks like it's going to be too short for him. Cathcom Kathcom was keen on the chances of I wish I win, but we'll be better off in the new market over the twelve hundred meters. And Tony Golan gave us a good push yesterday. Um at maybe a great place bet with Baller at three ninety, Mickey Gaddon. So how do you read this year's lightning?
8: Mate, this is a very interesting race. I, I'm really shocked that they're going uh to this in the new market with I wish I win I thought it was a a really really big chance in a Doncaster I'm very concerned Nature Strip it it doesn't jump well all the time if it doesn't jump well and it's half if it's half a length slow here which it can be at times it's very very interesting so J-Mac will be on the ball he's the best in the world so you expect him to be there but you'd be concerned and if you you know if you're taking you want to have a bet. You know, it could be an in-play bet, you know, after 100 metres, that one. But I, for me, gee, I think Koolangata is the horse that we need to be with He It's just come back huge. Giga, defeat a Giga Kick, I wish I win very, very well in a recent jump out. For me, it's the one, if you can choose a 1,000-metre horse, Cool um, Koolangata is the one on pace that I want to be with. And I agree with Giko. I, look, and we're spot on, gents. Like, you know, 1,000-metre horses win 1,000-metre races, but a 1,000 metres at Flemington is not a 1,000 metres at Rose Hill or Roundwick a uh, thousand metres at Flemington is as Dico when it's a fast Dico said as a fast run race, could be more suited to the eleven 1, hundred metre horses here. So I'm happy to spec Burnos Nachos each way as well, but the two for mine will be Cool and Gatter and Bunos Nachos.
0: So cool and Gatter and Bonus Notches for Mickey Gatter and Dean Watling, just recapping your selections of the lightning.
7: Yeah, Marabi's for me. A small spec there, G. All
0: right then. And what are you doing, what are, what are you doing, Dico?
7: Nature strip on top. From
6: Bunez Notches.
0: Okay, let's have a look at the CS um, Hayes stakes for the three year olds. We've got Maximilius at $41 with Bet 365, Bella 17, He's Heaven at 40 to 1, Bankmore at $5, Elliptical at five fifty. dollars Ellington Road at $19, Bel Air at 19 Muramasa at 26, Fujita San at $21, um, Daytona at 23, Cadetship at $15, Angry Skies 60 to 1, Holly Mans at $8.50. Attrition's the favourite now for Mitchell Freeman and Jared Fry at $3.60, and then Dirty Grin at $71. Mickey Gaddon, how good's attrition? And can bank more? what does Jai McNeil do from that gate? Um, because I think he's nearly the best horse in this race. Bank more of what I saw there first up the other day behind Jack, Jackano.
8: Trishan's well, won a benchmark sixty-four last start and now meeting some gallopers that have been you know, in proper proper races here. Um, your question in regards to Bank More G. Well, let's just bring up the speed map. Oof, not ideal for mine. Dico's probably best place to to go deeper into that one, but not ideal me, I'm willing to be against Bankmore. I it's, On paper, it just stands out, right? You just think, Jack and you know, oh, wow. Not too sure. Be very interested to learn to see what the boys say about the map um, or Dico says about the map. But I'm happy to be against attrition. I'm happy to be against Bankmore. I'm very interested in a horse called Elkington Road, which I was a really big fan of last preparation. I think Elkington Road is a um, massive, massive chance here around that $19 mark and. Mate, I'm really keen on uh fajita sand. 21, please. It's a milk drinker, Mickey
0: Gannon. It is a milk drinker for, for G to You can have him every day. Of <laughs> oh, the Uncle way, Wayne, wow. are you listening? Oh, exactly. it up. He is no good, no good. Well, yep. thanks,
8: thanks for your input, G. Where do you see fajita sand on
0: the map? I don't know. Well, he can be anywhere he wants. <laughs> he won't be. <laughs> I might be wrong, but um, I'm just. Um, Twenty-one
8: dollars about a milk drinker. I'd be happy to speck it a little bit each way, a bit more, a little bit more the place in the win. Jane.
0: All right, mate. So, what are you betting then? What's your play?
7: Elkington Road and Fahida Sand.
0: Mickey Gannon. So, Alkington Road and Fajita Sand. Dean Watling.
7: Yeah, I love the the setup for Bankmore here. I think uh, that has to be the best form line. Jack and I obviously gone on to win Group One since that run, and this horse was only zero point one lengths off. Jack and I first up. Sectionals were phenomenal on the day. Around the fourth fastest last four hundred of the meeting um, and then we are uh, give me a sec sorry um, I think outside of that we've got the wide line there I think oh. Dicko's three wide line here could potentially be the play Bank see off the back of that um, I think that's the map that we're looking for I don't really mind how far it gets back I think they ride it like the best horse I think the market's disrespected here and it should be the favourite I think attrition obviously comes off those two big four length romps but I think this is different grade, different gravy. Proper step up here. I think it will be a drifter, and Bankmore will be a firm firmer here. So I'm keen to be with Bankmore here, G. Bankmore
0: for Dino Dico.
6: Okay, let's let's get some clarity here. He's Heaven, Daytona, Bella Bow roll roll across from the wide draws. Sheeta Sand, Maximilius, Elkington Road, and Bel Air, and probably Holy Mans get really good runs behind good speed. Muramasa elliptical fresh stayers have to go back. Bankmore and Attrition, the most exciting horses in this, this race by a fair way, but their maps are scary. They have to either use up Bankmore to hold a spot, which I doubt they do, or it's going to be three wide, maybe cover, but I don't think that's going to be the place you want to be on Saturday. Attrition, Jay Fry, big race is a risk. I think it's the most exciting horse in the race. I don't care. It's coming from a 64. I reckon it's a really, really good horse, but the map's just properly scary here. I think that... I'll line up with Mickey, Gallen, Mickey Gannon, who was geez, he was good on the golf course, good operator, good human being. Elkington Road, though, hasn't seen a good track, which is the big grey up for me. It is Flemington, so it's the best sort of cushion track in Victoria, probably Australia, probably the world. Mm-hmm. So you can trust it, I think, at the price. And I think the other horse that's really, really good price here and a fair price to play is the 7, Bel Air. It's going to get a really soft run. It was a big win um, on... Last Thursday night in a rich maiden, it'll run around. The horse that to beat Grid Knights so will run around tonight at Packingham. It'll go around two dollar shot against one of mine. I think it'll be very hard to beat. It wins, it stamps the form a little bit further. Yeah, they're the two horses I like in this race Elkington Road and Bel Air, focusing on the map a little bit.
0: We'll take a break. This is the weekend preview. Jack Dickens, Dean Watling, and Mickey Gattam with you. A few, um recommendations for Dino's new name for his racing service Greg Odin's tips for Dino's new business <laughs> um, behind the gates. Um, what just, about
6: splinters like Splinters because Splinter was a wise man yeah in the
0: Ninja Turtle setup but he's also a fence sitter. No just a tip for Dino he's got to make sure the website name lines up with the Twitter handle or you can cause confusion. Um, that's a Mitchy Lewis stuffed that up from South Australia. Um, new name for D. Yeah, Waddling the next. I like oh. that. <laughs> no, I that yes, yes That's Louis, I best. like that from Fulham. Waddling the next. Um, and keep oh, them coming through Oh four double nine seven three six seven three six. Plus, I'll get to your questions, um, to the team about a few of the runners across the weekend as well. We'll take a break and we'll come back and we'll preview. The vanity as well, plus the best bets at Flemington from the team. And then we'll have a look at the features at Rose Hill on Saturday. Welcome back to the weekend preview. on am getting up on a Thursday morning. Dean Watling, Jack Dickens and Mickey Gannon with you. Watling's Whispers is another name. We're trying to find Dino a new name because when he came to the classic sales the other day, he had his Barry attendant, um, jumper on and everyone was wanting to know what race meeting he attends when he goes and becomes a barrier attendant for the day. Um, So Watkins whispers? Yes. And Tom from Tamworth says, Dicko, um, has he got any same race multis for us this week? And maybe Dino's new name <laughs> oh. could be Baggy sucks. That's from Tom from Tamworth.
6: <laughs> oh. Hey, Tommy, yeah. Tommy, Tommy, to- Tommy wants me to send him a hat, but it's out in Tamworth. Like, what? I've got no problem sending their hats, but I've got to go to the post office and what, it's a big effort for time. I'll send one. I'll, se-
0: I'll send you. I would a hat say,
6: though, Gareth, at the sales, they soon didn't believe that he was a barrier attendant when the horse just had a little shake and Dino jumped about three and a half meters <laughs> backwards and left. <legs. laughs>
0: Let's have a look at the vanity lads. Um, and uh, this is not a bad race for the three year old filly. See you in heaven, 380. Richard Jolly gave her a wonderful push on stable mail this morning. Queen airs at $11. Papillion Club. Um, For the informed Greg Urell camp at $8.50. Then we go down to Climbing Star at $5.50, um, Wallaby at $13, Royal Merchant at $5.50, and then Nunthorpe, unbeaten at the moment, $4.60 Dico. Um, how do you read this race? If CU in Heaven wants to be competitive in an Australian Guinea, she should be winning this, surely.
6: Uh, well,. Yeah, she's, she's the, got a fitness edge, but she's got a real map query here from Nine. I think Nunthorpe Papillion Club, a roll from the good draws and hold spots. Presidium Arch, maybe. Royal Merchant, Queen, As and Zilla thereabouts. Same as Wallenbaugh. I think Climbing Stars, See You in Heaven and Loveness will be the last three and run. Um, I just... See You in Heaven keeps Craig Williams, which is quite an interesting setup because we've seen Craig uh, roll around uh, Victoria to jump out and everywhere, trying to stick with the P- P- Papillion Club. So he's jumped off it and on to See You in Heaven. Why or how that is, I don't know, but I'm taking that as a little bit of a push for a See You in Heaven. Uh, the horse I really like here, though, G, is Climbing Star. Uh, the only concern I have for it is the, the jockey and the map. Uh, SP SPs are really competitive. Like It's got a big edge last start versus uh, Royal Merchant, who's riding the market here. Uh, it's got a good edge versus Queen Air, who we know is pretty good, was really good in an oaks. Um, I just think today's the day and we get a fair price to find out if Climbing Star's any good. And it's a small enough field that I'm happy to overlook the map and just trust Sac Spain to get clear air early enough at the big Beautiful straight at headquarters, Flemington. Jason.
0: So climbing star after all of that? Yep. Yep. All right, then. Dean Watling, what are you doing?
7: Yeah, I agree with Dico here. Four fastest last 400 first start climbing star, and it was savaged in the betting later. I think it was tens in the sixes. Obviously comes out of the Manfred behind Jack and O, which is stacked up well. Um, barrier five, Dico, just hope they can use the gate and settle a touch further forward. I think up to 1,400 metres, potentially... Can do that. It's not a race I'm too keen to chime into, but I'm going to land on climbing star here in the
0: second G. Mickey G from The Great Tip Off. Yeah, Climbing Star has a very good
8: run at Flemington, and that really sort of stuck out for me, that 1,600-meter run. Obviously, this is 14, but I I did give it an extra length or so for that, so I was very happy to be with it. And I also thought if there's a horse here that was sort of a bit bit out wide, the one that spent most of his time in Sydney, gets J-Mac on. um, J-Mac rode this horse on debut, completely failed, but J-Mac jumps on here. I think Royal Merchant. In a race that doesn't look like an abundance of speed with J-Mac, riding aggressively from Barrier 6, you know, hopefully could just push more forward and maybe sit outside than who's is in Barrier 1. So I'm just sort of hypothesizing here, but I think if they're, they're the two for me, around $5.50 apiece, you could probably play them both for a profit.
0: What about the talent? This is for the two-year-olds, race three at Flemington over the 1,100 <coughs> metres. We've got Cracker Rib that I thought was only fair the other day. Had a little bit of support too at Sandown at $34 a myrrh. Unbeaten. Macca rides here. Takes over from Ollie. Amers at five dollars. Uh Maharaba at five fifty. Then we go to Scorsese at six fifty. Um we'll go down to extremely wicked for Maddie Laurie and Jai McNeil at seven dollars, and then Ginger and Pink at $8. And then Princess Dunhello at $8.50 for Lindsay Park and Jamie Carr. Dee Motley, you're the king of the babies. Um, how do you read this race?
7: Yeah, it's an outstanding race, and it's a race I'm very, very keen to bet into. I think if you can get the favourite out in a market, and that obviously means it's a race you can find some value. I think the favourite's way too short, and the J-Mac back is probably the only reason it's sticking there. It's two wins have been solid, but nothing at all on the clock and um, ratings-wise. I'm really keen to be with number three, Maharaba. It's an ex-David Payne horse, now with Graham Begg. Um, Jump out down here was phenomenal. Very green on Dave Udico, Um, but has the form lines around Barber infatuation and Summer Loving. That's outstanding form. I think the straight's going to suit this big rangy horse um, really well. I think it'll start close to favourite. And the other one, G, I want to back in the race is right down the bottom of the page, number 15, Princess hello, um, For the Jamie Carr, Ben Hayes, JD Hayes setup. Started really short. Um, on debut behind King's Gambit, about four dollars eight. Didn't handle that they, uh, that race. Um, has had two jump outs, both winning those at Flemington, which is a big tick. Barry fifteen. If they're running on out wide, I think Princess the Haloo. Get the <laughs> pronunciations right. Um, is a very big chance. So race three, number three and number fifteen. Very very keen to bet
0: up, G Princess the Haloo. Oh. each way. Dicko, you did a really good job restraining yourself. You're getting better. (laughs) You wanted to speak on a few occasions there. So this is your opportunity now.
6: Um, Look, I'm just a bit wobbly. I fully expected Dean to fall into another favourite and he didn't. And he's fallen into the two horses I like as well, uh, which (laughs) has just grabbed me completely up. Um, I'm so confused. I think he's right, but he's often wrong in these races, so <laughs> maybe we're both wrong. Um, look, I'm going to go with him. Maybe, maybe a bit of time on the grounds there. The English Classic has sort of enlightened him to listen a little bit more than he was, but um, the, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the case for Princess Dalhalla is just too easy to, to, to not take. You just have to respect that horse's SP versus, until proven not, is a very, very good horse in a proper form line. Hey, and I, I really agree with Maharba the three. Dico, just really before like you
0: – yeah, you got to get your facts right before you get on the front foot. Dean Wattling last week tipped in secret. Learning to fly was one of his very best. He had Gentleman Roy, who was first past the post in the All Stakes. He was keen on Barber and a Prelude. I know that he tipped Charmstone, but she had excuses. Um, and he had in secret in the multi. So – I think it was a pass mark last week, and you were pretty good as well. La- last week,
6: last week was a pass mark from doing hundred percent A plus. The week before was was a bit of a strip, but last week was a very good return to form. And this could be a, a, what we're going to start to have to get used to. This is he's read this race really well. And if you want to like sort of straighten me up, I'll just have to straighten you up. Cracker Rib was absolutely friendless at Sandown. It was like six dollars out of twelve. No one wanted to touch it. But, and it's getting out to a stupid price now that you could sort of argue just off a you, test piece you have to sort of not lose on
0: I, I take that criticism on board but you were tipping Cracker Rib I think if I can recall the other day
6: No, 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 like, hey, hey, hey <laughs> like seriously, mate you need a, you've got that notepad like you're still in the 70s if you're going to scribble notes, get them right Cracker Rib I was laying hard last start okay. but now it's out to a stupid price you couldn't even blade if you
0: wanted to Mickey Gannon, what are you doing? Oh, G'day boys um,
8: yeah, We're going to <laughs> go with Mahaba, I, I just think this horse just has a, an abundance of upside here, um, what it did on debut, geez it was green thereabouts, so I think Graham Begg is just a stew trainer no disrespect to David Payne but I, I'd be sending mine to Graham Begg before D Payne, uh, you're getting a Proper price here, $5.50 on a horse that I reckon is just better than these. And I think more is, yeah, I'm with Dino. Look, it's probably going to drift even further, but it'll start closer to $7. There's two wins at Moody Valley. just won't stack up here at Flemington.
0: Graham Begg's got a bit of dick out about him. He, he wasn't really firing when he was in Sydney. He had a wonderful career, like he's a superstar, Graham <laughs> oh. Big But as soon as he's come to Melbourne, he's jumped out of the ground.
7: You're Very too good, good too, um, too good.
0: So... What about your your best best bets, bets, Dino? What was that, G, sorry? Your best at Flemington.
7: My best at Flemington doesn't come up in the races that we've featured. It comes up in race number five, Tony Burke Memorial, race five, number four. It's the bet of the summer, autumn, responsibly, (laughs) one 858 858 Anna Vistio, she's come back in phenomenal order. Jumpouts have dead set been outstanding uh, barry seven perfect 1400 meters fresh um this horse will start sub two dollars i'm thinking um i think it's only got to run up to what it's done in its last three first up runs to win this i think the only dangers is the three but very very keen on race five number four and Visti OG.
0: didn't she have a duck egg to her name last time she was first up and then she went for a break correct Yeah. so you're trusting her that she's okay so you're trusting the trials dean obviously
7: Yeah, she, it was Eagle Farm that she was first up last and that that was at the back end of a prep. Then she was fresh and set to Queensland. Uh, That was uh, Eagle Farm, which some horses handle, some horses don't. Um, She obviously started 550 in the market there behind Star Tontes and Snap Dancer. So read SP, don't read the run. If anything I've learned, Um, Dicos taught me that. Mickey Gaddon? Um,
8: Gee, I I think Mahaba is the best of them at Flemington in race uh, three, number three. And if I'm going to have a value play for the punters out here, I know Dino is very keen on Amavisto. And if we reference the run, you know, 1,400 metres first up Flemington um, last autumn, I'd suggest to you that it it's probably be winning, but what we've seen at three starts prior, SP is one thing, but you you know you've got to be able to review that SP and and even almost reassess it and and mark it out a few more points from what it was. I'd be happy to be against it. There's a horse here called Nifla that gets J Mac, and sometimes these he hasn't had J Mac for quite some time, and career peaks come with J Mac on. Sometimes these Waller horses. They just get to Flemington and they can explode and I think she's one of them. So you're getting around seventeen dollars. I think she's a great each way play race five number
0: ten, differ. The difference in tactics or the difference in personalities. Mickey Gunn is just too nice to say, Dino, you got no idea with Ana Visto, basically <laughs> yeah. we're trying to tell you where Dicko would just Respect. Be like, yeah, respect. Hey Dicko, what are you doing with your bet with your best 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 bets at Flemington?
6: My best is uh, Climbing Star Race 2. I actually really, really like Ana Vista as well, so I'm getting a bit confused here and uh, stupid, <laughs> to be honest with you. But um, I'm going to have Ana Vista into Nature Strip all up as another bet for the listeners and for myself.
0: All right, then. So Race 2, number 5, Climbing Star. And you're also with Race 5, number 4, Ana Vista. Jack Dickens' his best bets there at Flemington. Welcome back to Giddy Up on this Friday. Can't wait for this meeting in Melbourne tomorrow. We've got Group 1 Racing, and it's back at headquarters at Flemington, down that famous straight for the Black Caviar Lightning Stakes and probably the best sprinter since Black Caviar Nature's trip. We'll be heading down that straight once again as an eight-year-old, and he was so unlucky. It was one of his best ever efforts last year when he finished second, of course, behind the three-year-old Home Affairs in last year's Lightning and he's still the dominant favourite, despite drawing a little awkwardly, some might say, in barrier number one. Liam O'Keefe, uh, the best track curator in the game, joins us now. Liam, good morning to you. Thanks for your time, mate. No worries. Morning, Gareth. Um, what's the track looking like on the eve of Lightning Stakes Day?
9: Yeah, it's looking good. Just halfway through my inspection um, this morning, and it's coming up a good four for plenty of water on the last few days, over two inches for the week with the, warm weather that's been around, and it's going to get really warm again today, but hopefully a cool change coming in around 5 or 6 o'clock tonight. So um, if we get that, it'll just be pleasant conditions for tomorrow, around 22, 23 degrees.
0: When you have a hot week like we're having in Melbourne, I guess this is the most um, testing time for a track curator, trying to work out how much water you put on your track. So how do you cope with that this week?
1: Yeah, it it is.
9: These are our most challenging conditions, especially when it's windy, but um, we, we have a pretty set system in place of doing a going stick in the morning and a moisture straight after lunch, and um, we have a good history of data of where we need to get the track um, with certain temperatures and wind, so um, we're right in a good spot at the moment, but it'll be plenty of hard work today and the heat to hand hose and whatnot to make sure that each piece of um, square metre gets the same as the next, so um, we want a nice safe and uniform track and, and we'll put our heads down
0: and work hard today. Alright mate so what are you expecting tomorrow then, how this track will play?
9: Yeah it should play well, we're coming off a three week break, the rail will be in the true position so nice even cover of grass across uh, wind conditions tomorrow's a 20 to 25 kilometre southerly so probably something to keep an eye on during the day on our wind tracker because
6: that will have a
9: have an effect on horses in the home straight. It's just once you go over that 20-kilometre mark, it's just enough to yep. have a bit of an effect. So you might see horses looking for a little bit of cover around the turn.
0: All right, then. And in the, in the straight, um, where do you think they'll go to? Yeah, barriers in the middle, straight racing. Yeah. Um, I,
9: I, I think fresh ground, they'll probably just come up the middle. Yeah. Um, I see in the in the lightning, the speed's drawn basically on the inside and outside. So they may jump out and just, just go to the middle. But... Um yeah, there's not a lot in it, Gareth, so I wouldn't be surprised. and uh, wouldn't be surprised if they just come up in the middle and play it pretty safe.
0: All right, mate. Looking forward to it. Do you have a, a tip for us?
9: I don't, but um, just just with the obvious nature strip, um, I think he's uh, he's come back bouncing. He tried great the other morning, and J-Mac was pretty happy, so we'll uh, stand him one on the quaddie.
0: All right, love your work, mate. Enjoy tomorrow. Thanks, Gareth. There we go. There is Liam O'Keefe with a track update there at Flemington. Um, Nick Ashman's on the line. Do we take the news, or no? We'll go straight to we'll go straight to Nick Ashman here. Nick, hello to you. Good morning, mate.
4: Hello, Gareth. I'm good, mate. Good to be not to be bumped off by the news. No, that's a, that's a plus for the day.
0: No, they were. Uh, they said, well, if if Nick Ashman's on the line, he's been waiting patiently. The news can um, be on hold for a little while because you are the news. There's no doubt about that. The beaten What are we doing, mate? From a punting perspective, you just heard from Leo Liam O'Keefe. I think the lightning's going to be interesting tactic-wise. You had a chat to James McDonald, um with your article on the yeah. great tip-off. Um, I read that he, he doesn't seem to be too concerned. The great man, J Mac.
4: No, he doesn't. He he was very relaxed, but he's he's pretty relaxed customer these days. He's on top of the world, obviously, in the jockey rankings, and he's he's on the world's best sprinter in uh, uh, what's ranked as the world's best sprint race at the moment uh, by the world authorities. That's the Lightning Stake. So. Um, He he just thinks it's uh, business as usual. He expects Nature Strip to turn up pretty close to his best, and we know if he does that, he probably wins the race. I suppose the flies in the ointment, I'll say flies plural, there's two things. One, we've known him to be a bit susceptible with a horse like Eduardo who bullies him early in a race. Yeah. And that's where Nature Strip can sometimes come undone. He likes to get into a relaxed mode through that first three, four metres, and then he sort of ramps it right up into the home straight. Obviously, we've got a straight race here, so there's no turns. But we do have Marabi uh, and um, uh, Baller, so and Cool and Gatter that'll both be going forward. So you heard from Liam there, and every indication we've got as well is that the winners in straight races will be coming up the middle. So Nature Strip, first of all, will be able to get away from the inside pretty easily. But whether or not he's going to be in the absolute A ground. Is questionable. And then you've got Murabi and Gatta who are both going to be right up there with him. They're both huge speed horses. So he's not going to get his own way in front through that first two, three, four metres like he has done previously in some straight races, and that might pose a little issue for him. And then you've also got to ask, and I did ask J-Mac, and he said, look, he's showing all the right...
0: We just lost you there, brother. In the spring. Yeah,
4: you're back. It didn't affect him. Oh, I was, I was offline there for a sec. Yeah. Hey, look, basically, J Max convinced that the horse is fine. He felt good, so he said he's going in. No excuses on on uh, on Saturday, mate. But I've got to look. I'm going to be watching the market on Morabi because on my stuff, Gareth, that Oakley Plate win rated through the roof, and the rating she produced there was a 96. That means nothing to the listeners that don't know our database. But to put it into some sort of perspective, Nature Strip hasn't hit 95 since the VRC Sprint. Uh, victory in 2021 so if she can get somewhere near that mark of 96 I think she'll test the big boy on uh, in the big race tomorrow
0: So we might hear from David Eustace talking about Mirabi because she is first up and she heads down to the straight or heads down the straight for the first time in the lightning stakes tomorrow afternoon
1: We think so, we think she'll run a yeah, really big race fresh um, we're looking forward to going down the straight as well Scott <laughs> excuse me, high cruising speed, uh, very high, and is able to sort of quicken off that 1,000 pressure is, is perfect for her. So um, I think she could be very, could considerably very strong late.
0: So what's your philosophy on that, Nick, with horses heading down the straight for the first time?
4: Well, normally, I mean, this race is slightly different because quite often straight races are devoid of pace although. the... Because there's no urgency to get across to the rail like there is in other races. But this race has got a lot of natural speed Nature Strip, Cool and Gatter, and Maravi. Um, what I like about Maravi, she's drawn in between those two other speed horses. So she gets to have a bit of a look. She can sort of take a slight sit if that's what they want to do. She has done that before. She did it in the Oakley Plate. Um, she doesn't have to lead in a race, whereas I think the other two, we saw Nature Strip not lead first up in the spring and it was a brilliant run, but typically he likes to be out in front. He doesn't like to get bullied around. So uh, I think it's advantage from a map point of view on Mirabi, but because she's coming off that 47 week break, you just want to see, you want to see some market support and more importantly, you just don't want to see a drift off out to 14 or
0: $15. Um, what else are we doing there at Flemington outside of the lightning stakes?
4: Well, I'll go back a race to race six, and I'm really keen. Better the day for me, number four, Bank Moore. I reckon that's exactly mm. what you'll do tomorrow, Gareth, if yes. you back this horse. He ran a career peak first up behind Jack and Owen, the Manfred Stakes. That form's been well and truly franked. He's always looked like a top-line three-year-old and I reckon this preparation is the prep that he goes ahead. I reckon he'll win the C.S. Hayes. I reckon he'll be the horse to beat in the Australian Guineas come Saturday afternoon, 5 p.m. And I think the $5 that's on offer for him
0: now is an absolute luxury. I've marked him with a three in front of his lamb. What does Jai, uh, Jai, um, Jai McNeil do from that gate? I'm just a little concerned about that map there.
4: Yeah, you've got, look, you've got He's heaven going forward and you've probably got Maximilius uh, from the inside. And then there's a whole host of horses that want to be not too far off the speed. I think all he's got to do is find a bum in the run. Uh, if you're three wide with cover, I don't think that's going to be a bad issue, a bad situation on Saturday. We just heard from Liam O'Keefe. Probably the biggest factor on Saturday is going to be the wind if it gets up over 20 k's an hour. If that's the case, you just need cover coming into the straight. Once you get there, you can let down. He's got 470-odd metres to reel in the winners. So the key is to be probably within three to five lengths coming around that home turn, getting cover right the way into the straight, getting to the outside and balancing up and unleashing over the last 400 metres. It's a pattern that suits Bankmore. He's got the right rider in the saddle to do it, and I think he maps fine for mine.
0: Love your confidence. So Bankmore race six, number four in the C.S. Hayes. What else are we doing, mate?
4: Go back to race two, Gareth. There was a horse that we, on the beaten favourite, uh, we suggested going into that Manfred Stakes, climbing star to Philly. She was $67 at that point in Australian Giddy's markets. he suggest just having a peanut on her because she did some pretty good things in that debut preparation for Philip Stokes that suggested that she was right up to potentially the top level. Her return was good without being great, but it's, it's a perfect platform now to go up to 1,400 metres, back against her own sex. And in race two, number five, climbing star, looks a real standout for mine. Royal Merchant in that same race is hard fit. Uh, and gets her chance to knock off some of these slightly sort of, I guess, better three-year-old fillies. And then the other one to watch out for in the race is Nunthorpe. The reason being is she's yet to post a big number, but this race looks devoid of pace, with probably Papillon Club being the only horse that will go forward and look for the lead. And Nunthorpe's got exceptional acceleration, running really slick late splits at her two starts today. So she might be the one that can out-sprint them, but i tell you what, with even luck in running... And a good flowing run into the straight from Climbing Star, and she uh, she should just be beating
0: them. Dicko was keen on Climbing Star as well yesterday. Are they the only three horses we're playing at headquarters there in Melbourne tomorrow?
4: Look, I think so. I've got one for you just later in the day yeah. in race eight. Uh, good each way gamble here, which is um, Crosshaven for uh, for Ben and JD Hayes. Last two runs are really right, rated really well on our database. We just think the horse will go forward. Hopefully the wind's not too high because I do have him mapping outside the lead. So it's probably not going to be the best spot to be if it gets up over 20Ks an hour. But if it's not, uh, look for him at around the $15 mark each way.
0: Love your work, mate. Enjoy your day. Good tipping, too, good Gary, punting. And, and We can catch all of your action on the beatenfavorite.com website, mate, with all of your information.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And we've got a new product out now, which you can buy off the guys at thegreattipoff.com uh, as well. So uh, hopefully, are, that uh, provides a few more winners.
0: Love your work. Race eight, number six, by the way, is Crossha- Crosshaven there for the punters? Thanks for that, Nick. Good on you, Gareth. Cheers, mate. We'll take the news and we'll come back. And we might hear from a few of the major players at that Flemington meeting. In Dave Usser's talk, talking about Cool and Gatter, Richard Jolly about see you in heaven, Rod Lyons about nature strip, Maddie Smith. And his comments about Bundes Notches going around the lightning stakes. And also Mitchell Freeman, who has his smart three-year-old attrition engaged in the CSA stakes. Big day at Flemington tomorrow. Can't wait. Highlight there is the Group 1 Black Caviar Lightning Stakes. Nature's trip. He's the star of the sport at the moment. He's the world's best sprinter. He resumes in that Group 1 feature on a Saturday afternoon. Let's listen to his managing part owner, Rod Lyons. who joined me yesterday for stable mail on Giddy Up.
2: Been all positive from that point of view. His trials and jump out in Sydney, his jump out at Melbourne, his enthusiasm, his demeanour, his action, his breathing, it's all terrific. He, They couldn't be happier with him. Um, James has been riding him in work, and Stewie, who rides him all the time, they're saying he's as good as ever now. As you say, he's an eight-year-old, and he's going to war again on, on Saturday. He races against the best every time he goes out there, and he gives his best. Yeah. And he'll do that on Saturday, but he's showing no signs of uh, of any battle fatigue at the moment.
0: Yeah, he's a two dollar ten favourite with Bet Three Six Five Nature Strip. One of his biggest dangers will be the filly down the bottom, Cool and gatter She's at six dollars fifty. Let's hear from her co-trainer, David Eustace.
1: She's great. Um, obviously, everyone's seen her trials, that she's been very good. Um, she's definitely strengthened up, and you know, as a result, you know, looks even sharper again. So. Uh, we're comfortable with the draw. Pretty pleased to see that. And um, she's going to travel very deep into the race, you would think. And um, so she's able to really finish that off.
0: One of the most interesting runners in that lightning is Buenos Notches. He's a very good three-year-old. He's his trainer, Matthew Smith.
3: Yeah, no, he's in good order. Uh, he's uh, he's healthy, and his work's been good. So uh, yeah, I'm really comfortable with where he's up to for his first up run and you know, he's, he's, uh, you know, really in good
0: shape. He could be a horse that we follow towards the the new market Buddhist notches, whether the 1,000 metres might just be a little bit too sharp for him tomorrow. One of the other highlights there is the Vanity, which is in um, the earlier part of the meeting race too at Flemington. We've got a lot of time for this filly and see you in heaven, the South Australian filly, who's the $3.60 favourite for that contest. Let's hear from her co-trainer, Richard Jolly.
5: So... Yeah, we're so happy with her where she's at and as I said her goals the the Guineas. Um so yeah, we aim I, I still think there's a improvement in her, um after Sad Day's run. So um let's you know, we're just hopeful, you know, she has a, a good clean run and um you know, head towards the Guineas.
0: And the three year old feature for the boys is the CS Hayes and Attrition is a horse on the out. Now this is by far his biggest test, but he's been kept safe in the market with bet three six five. He's at three dollars sixty. In fact, he's the favourite for this event. Let's hear from him. Let's hear from oh, his trainer, yeah. Mitch Freedom. Oh, yeah, I
5: think I think he's good enough to go there and be really competitive. Yeah. Um, still a young horse, and you know they got to go and keep performing. And until they're fully mature, you, you know you're sort of always worried about whether they're ready. You know, you know how how many good runs they can put in and how how many times they can keep dominating races like that. But look what he's done at home and, and everything. Like that, I suggest he's still on song. And um, yeah, we're just looking forward to Saturday and then to see
0: what he can do. and Yeah, we'll see where he's at tomorrow because as Nick Ashman pointed out just before that break, Bate Moore's got the runs on the board. He's competed against some nice horses. He just went down to Jackano the other day and um, he'd be a great measuring stick for a horse like Attrition in that C.S. Hayes there tomorrow at Flemington. So just before we have a chat about the Rosehill meeting, I need to play you a grab from Philip Stokes who also joined us on a Friday morning to have a chat about... I'm climbing star, because the boys have been tipping her pretty strongly in that second race at Flemington. Yeah, definitely. It's a tough
10: race, but I really rate her. Um, she's only lightly raced. She's trying to get a good run. She's trained on nicely from her first up run, and the form's obviously been very you know, frank. So um,
0: she'll run well. Now let's concentrate on the card at Rose Hill on a Saturday. Here's Sean Patterson with the track update. And now let's hear from the Weekend Preview team, previewing this um, great card there at Rose Hill, highlighted for mine anyway, and we'll kick off proceedings with uh, previewing the Silver Slipper. This is the Weekend Preview on Giddy Up on this Thursday morning, looking forward to the card at Rose Hill, especially the Silver Slipper, which is race four, we've got. Cylinder at five dollars. Kings Gambit at two sixty, and then we go to Madeira Sunrise at seven fifty. Mumbai Muse at six dollars, and Platinum Jubilee at four forty. Dean Watling, who wins this year's Silver Slipper?
7: It's a phenomenal race. It's clearly the race of the day, and it's a good race for good horses. We've seen Home Affairs come through at Farnham, one at Sunlight, Show Rain, and Astern. So. It's a good form reference moving forward, especially for the slipper and more so probably for your three year olds. I think it's a racing three cylinders, King's Gambit and Mumbai Muse. Mumbai Muse was phenomenal on debut behind learning to ply on a, a day you couldn't make good ground. Strips fitter, I think staying at 1100 meters is the slight knock. And if the horse does get back in the field, Gano and I are just chatting off air, then it's going to be a really hot 40 degree day. So if we get a rock hard, rail true, Rose Hill could be leaders paradise and that's where my bet comes from. I'm keen on race four, number two cylinders. Has form around Barber in that first prep. Um, Also has form around Little Bros, which I really like. Obviously, that ties in again with Barber. Barrier one, we saw in the recent trial, it jumped to the front. They really pushed the button, teaching it to lead and there's good stable confidence and I echo it every single week and Dicko loves it. If you're going to back any stable first up, back a dolphin because they're phenomenally good at it. So my bet here is race four, number two cylinders.
0: You can have all of your speed maps, your data, et cetera, but when the driver speaks, you've got to listen Mickey Gatton and he's all over Cylinder.
8: Absolutely, (laughs) G, and um, I can completely understand why. But i tell you what, like, it's still a term off, Dicko. It's grayed me up because Fire Lane was very good alongside Cylinder's – sorry, Cylinder. How am I going? Alongside Cylinder on Debut, you're getting $13 – Firelane, you're getting $5 cylinder. So there, there can't be that big a gap between the two. Uh, Fire Lane has gone away, had a trip to the Gold Coast, going to learn a lot from that. So she's progressive enough, she'll go well from that. But then you look at that form line and you go, well, Platinum Jubilee was up there, beat it hands down, probably had more excuses on it. Uh, I think the only horse that can't win uh, is number one, Sutterpot. I think it's a really open race. I think Mumbai Muse comes through the um, the proper you know, form lines and that they've been franked with the, uh, the Ferrari winner mm-hmm. and, you know, Madeira sunrise could, could explode. And then King's Gambit, if it runs, it's what it did on debut, it wins. So very, very hard race. I'm staying out, but I can't wait for it. G.
0: Dicko? I
6: can't believe we're just all listening to a driver. Um, well, his look-
0: record speaks. Hey, hang on a sec. That's, that's having a crack at my <laughs> credibility here. The driver has tipped to six horses and they've all won. You idiot. So why wouldn't she? Well, to him
7: <laughs> wow. well, what are the, what are the
6: six horses? What at cabin in, genius? In uh, um, animo best horse in the world. Full credit at, to him. One at Kembla Grains um, the
0: other day. I can name him.
6: Yeah, yeah, well, like, I'm going to go against a driver and just trust what like, the the rules that sort of have guided me thus far. Just King's Gambit has to be the on top selection here. Like the SP profile is elite. He's proper horse. Proper camp. Is he wound up for this? That's the only question I have. I'm convinced he's the best horse in this race, and he'll be winning.
8: So, King's. Digo, game... go. so to so to butt in. Remember, you've got to remember though the grand final trainers, right? And that's that's the key here. That two dollars sixty. Do you think you're going to get closer to three bucks? Is it like given that's not this is clearly
0: not the grand final? Well, it is in a way. Mickey, oh, because I, I think. Sorry, Gareth. You go. He needs to win to get into the slipper. So. He has to be ready. To and go. I
6: think um, potentially some of the, the market might soften a little bit in the next day or two with all the driver narrative, you know, the, the tipping, the, the the rumor mill. But then when the big boys decide what happens at the death, I'd reckon they're going to come for King's Gambit, Nash suits. Uh, I think it's a very easy bet to have. I can't believe it's not shorter.
7: My only reservation with King's Gambit was uh, the starting camp will echo that he didn't handle race day last start with the humidity and the heat and he sort of melted. We're going to get a 40 degree heat wave day on Saturday. So I think the yard with King's Gambit's probably not going to firm, Dico. Like if you're suggesting to the punters, if you're going to back King's Gambit, I'd probably wait to the yards see how I'd handle it. And I don't think you're going to get it a shorter price. So That's my inkling for the race. I think Cylinder's the bet. You can save on Mumbai Muse. And if you're keen on King's Gambit, wait for the yard, G. All
0: right, lads, we'll take a break. We'll come back with the Hobartville, the Millie Fox, your best at round week, and also, of course, the famous now Weekend Preview Multi. Welcome back to Giddy Up. This is the Weekend Preview. We'll post our $10, 10K challenge bet on our social media platforms. We're still undecided. um, But we need a winner at Hobartville in the Hobartville on uh, Saturday afternoon, you've got AFCabin, Cabin, who's at a dollar sixty. Start off with you, Dicko. Is that too short for AFCabin Cabin second up? Oh,
6: I don't know. Probably not, but I'm probably late anyway. I don't know. I really don't know. Like it's the most exciting horse probably in Australia.
0: So you got Pier at ten dollars, Ospapinko at seven fifty, Sue Tiger at eight dollars here, Dino. What are you doing?
7: Yeah, it's a race I'm not going to be betting into. The thing I, the knock I have on our cabin is Godolphin strike at 21.1% first up. Then they go off a cliff second up and they strike at 14.4%. This is over the last 365 days. So if the horse is ever going to get beat at second up, can he be in that 14.1% that do win? Probably. He's probably the best horse in Australia. So I think I'm going to sit back. Watch the race, have a beer, and relax. If you want to bet, I think you can back Osipanko and Zoo Tiger to place around that $2 mark. I'd much prefer to take that than AF Cabin $1.50. Mickey G? Yeah, gotta ask yourself the question, G. Um,
8: who beats AF Cabin if anything does, and Zoo Tiger is the only option. Uh, okay. I think this, the booking of Timmy Clark secured it though. From that barrier, they'll push forward and Timmy Clark will just ride it like it's the best horse. So I can't take it on. If there was any other jockey other than TC on board, um, obviously excluding J-Mac, who's down in Melbourne, I'd probably be a little bit more nervous, but I just don't think, I don't think there's any um, win bets here that really stand out. I think a horse that we can definitely follow and potentially back on the weekend is Brosnan. Mm-hmm. It really needs a dry deck, and this horse has a bit of a future. I think it's worth following through the prep. So if we're going to have a bet there, Brosnan the
0: place. Dino, can you take $1.95 with bet 365 for Maria Mia in the Millie Fox at group two level?
7: I think you can get close. I'd be wanting probably two twenty around that price. So this horse is flying. Joe Pride, once they're fit, once they're going good, they stick to their form. The map, don't really mind at all. Barry ten. prefer horses that settle on speed to be drawn wide and sort of roll across. I think the only danger and the only potential horse in the field that can beat that horse is Catalan, first up, has an elite record, just needs a rock-hard track, which it will be on Saturday. I think that's the only danger. Barry, five suits, but um, how can you knock Maramia at the minute? Yep. Dico. I, I completely agree. Oh, this is a gross race to watch and bet
6: into though, isn't it?
0: Yep. Looking forward I, to
6: can't, it. Can't, I can't get a beat, but I don't want to bet into it. And I don't want to bet into the race.
0: All right. Then what about your best in Sydney? We'll start off with you, Mickey Gannon.
8: Um, shoulders' arms there. Gee, I, I won't be betting into that race either, but I'd tell you there's the horse here <laughs> need to follow Cliff, Cliff's art. It's probably not suited at Rose Hill, but once I guess to Randwick, mm-hmm. um definitely worth a bet. You could probably back at the place if you wanted to have a bit of a spec early. Um, but, gee, yeah, look, on what is a very, very tricky card, and I, I think the one thing that punters need to do is you just got to stay patient with your, with your bets here because you don't have to bet now. I, if you want to watch those first two races, you've got a highway and you've got a midway. Because it's going to be so warm, there's going to be a fair amount of irrigation placed in the track and, and just depends on how it recovers from that. You know, It could it could very much be off rails and catch you all by surprise. So just be very, very careful. But what I will do, I think the safest play um, of the day, G, is we're going to go race nine, number one, cross-talk, because we know by that time of the day, the track will dry it out and mm-hmm. it's going to suit pace, uh, runners on pace. So race nine, uh, number one, cross-talk gets the map. And it should be winning. Dean Watling.
7: My best bet is in the silver slipper race for number two cylinders for all the reasons cylinder, sorry, for all the reasons I stated before. I think it'll be winning outstanding race, but that's your strength and as a punter you gotta to stick to what you're good at.
0: Dicko?
6: Your best. Race yeah, race ten, gonna back two horses. Seventy five the win, Midwest, twenty five the win and the mat, I think they're the only two that can win the last race in Sydney.
0: Beautiful. How long have I got? Um, I don't think I've got time to play what Tommy Papley had to say regarding his play for our multi. He's been on fire, Tommy Papley. Um, and he's keen on race one number nine. Seriously A's on the place in his multi. So race one number You're nine. Right. Um what are you doing there, Mickey Gannon?
8: Gee, it's a tough one, G. I'm happy to go uh, Maharaba, and because I've been going like a busted first, why don't we just do it the place to make sure
6: it lobs. I like <laughs> that, Gano. I like that.
0: All right, then. What are you doing there, um, Dico? Uh,
6: Flemington race two, number five, five climbing star.
0: So Flemington, the Look, win I, or which
6: way? I, I would just keep hitting four-dollar winners. So shall we push? push it even a bit harder and I'll tip a $5.50 winner or do you want me to go to the place? You no. guys can decide. We'll place bet, please. Dino. We need Dino. To win.
0: You do you, Surely. Dico. You do you. Yeah, D- yeah, that's true. What are you doing, Dino? Uh,
7: race five, Flemington, number four, Ana Vistio to win.
0: Race oh. five, number four, Ana Vistio. Oh, Ana Visto. And what about, Mickey? You've got the place bet there on Mara Harbour, which of course is in race three or four there at Flemington. And Papley is at Flemington race one horse number seven or horse number nine serious liaison the place we'll put that multi up on our social media platform so looking forward to that program there at um rose hill on saturday i just want to play you a grab from paul Snowden. and this is what he had to say about king's gambit's chances in the silver slipper
2: looking forward to see what he can do again under race conditions um He's trained on very well and, and very happy with where he's at and how he would present on Saturday, so hopefully he get the job done. He came
0: and rode him Tuesday morning and um, was very impressed with what he, what he felt underneath him and, and how he how he worked. So that's a look at Rose Hill for a Saturday afternoon. Now let's go around the grounds to catch up with all of our experts on a Friday morning as we preview the other Metro meetings and we'll kick-start with Semi Highland having a look at Eagle Farm. Eagle Farm will be the venue for headquarters or racing in Brisbane there. It's headquarters there for Queensland Racing. And our man, Semi Highland, joins us. G'day, Semi. Good morning, mate.
11: Morning, Gareth. Yeah, really sad, really sad morning, isn't it? Uh, It's uh, uh, condolences to to Sandra Borshman and and all of Dean's family and friends. Uh, It's just very sad news. And he's a great man, and he'll be uh, sadly missed, Dino.
0: Yeah, 100%, Semi. He was... Especially in Victoria, everybody knew him, and he had such a massive heart. And you wouldn't there's a lot of people that didn't even know what he was going through with his health battles. Um,
11: yeah, I yeah. mean, it's uh, I, I mean, I I have known Dean since I was uh, fifteen, started in the stables, and for as long as I've known him, he's uh, he was on a walking stick, and then obviously uh, as he got older, you know, he he had you know it, but he never ever complained Dino, you, know? you know obviously uh had had his health worries throughout his career with with um you know with, with his issues and that and, and then obviously in more recent times uh with the cancer it's just just very sad but uh like you know just an amazing amazing talent and this will be a con- a, a, a consistent theme that you will hear over the next few days talking about Dean Lester uh, for somebody that had never ridden a horse he he read he read races and and could assess horses exactly like a jockey did you know and yeah. that's um you know that that 's not something that that you that, you know it, as i say you know he he it was almost like he had a jockey 's brain in his head and yeah. and um that was so clear from You could ring Dean about any horse and and he'd just tell you about it straight off the bat. You know, he just knew his his knowledge uh, was quite amazing and and that's why he was so talented.
0: Yeah, that's a great insight, um, Sammy. And, yeah, even this morning with the tributes, the thing that stands out for me a little bit, obviously he had great mates within the industry, but he's inspired a generation to go, okay, I want to be a full-time tipster, like Betty said on our show, Dean Watling, Mickey Gannon. um, These are young tipsters that join our team now, Mitchie Lewis, and they all want to be Dean Lester. And that's a legacy that um, will live forever, that he was the man that inspired a new generation of racing fans, but um, young individuals that wanted to get into the game just to be like Dean Lester.
11: Yeah, that's it. Uh we need we need more of it, don't we? Yeah. And and uh I think now is is uh is it's so important going forward that um you know we we paint our sport in a, in a good light. It's it's not also just about the punt. It's it's about the horses and and the participants and uh I think that's you know Dean Lester, he had a, an amazing love for for the thoroughbred as well and and that's why he knew them inside out, you know. He he could connect with with uh, horses and participants of the industry.
0: It's a great lesson for anyone, really, if you want to get involved with the punt and you want to have um, and try and back winners or tip winners, is that Dino went above and beyond to try and understand the thoroughbred. He was a clocker at Cranbourne, as you pointed out, Sammy. He would talk to the trainers. He would have relationships with the jockeys and um, he he would try and work out the horse as well, which... um, which made him into the the, the the tipster that he is, you know.
11: And and I think um, you know it's all all things uh, in it, it. It was his passion, you know, his passion for for the sport was quite amazing. Yeah. And and uh, and you know that's yeah that's uh, that's what we need going forward. We we need to uh, keep loving this sport just like I do. Yes, you? and there's no and one better. We love it. We yeah. love it when we're winning, and that's what we're going to do this weekend.
0: And the rail's out two metres on a good forward eagle farm. What are we doing from a punting perspective, Semi-Boy?
11: Let's kick off with a uh, good start here. Race to number two, Tears of Love. Malia Castle takes three kilos off this horse, and I reckon it'll jump and lead all the way. I'm telling you, this horse is uh, <laughs> got a good record at the track, a good record at the trip. Uh, she rides really well, three kilos off. I, you know what, maybe Sagacious will lead Tears of Love sit second or vice versa. Maybe Tears of Love jumps and, and gets up on the bunny and, and rolls along. Gee, I think it'll take catching. You can get it at $6.50 this morning and I think that'll get us off to a good start. Then I go race four, number four, Tappy's Lad for Mark 2 or to his colleagues, Mark 2 plus 3. I tell you what, this This will give a great sight. Uh, It's a tough, hardy Kiwi. It's effective at another that's effective at the trip. It's good on good ground, which uh, I'd I'd imagine uh, it's going to be firm at at Eagle Farm, as it always is. And, and, you know, we've got a, a beautiful weekend ahead of us. It's drawn a good gate. It'll get a soft run. And then this is my best of the day at Eagle Farm. Giddy up! It is race eight, number three, Boom Nova. First up for Chris Munts, Justin Huxtable on board. Gee, it goes well this uh, this mare. She she's an absolute beauty. She's three for three at the track. She's four uh, three from four uh, at the trip. She's good, fresh. Uh, she'll be forward. She went round in some handy races, the Toy Show and the Mona Lisa, yep. last preparation down in Sydney. Uh, this is a good race for her to kick off in. And, and as I said, she walks She walks into Eagle Farm, grows another leg, and that, that'll be the go here. Boom Nova will take out race number eight. So we've gone race two, number two, race four, number four, race eight, number three. And giddy up, I'm just going to give you an odds yes. at, uh, at Flemington. I love In it. In the CSA stakes, I backed it last night at $126. <laughs> and that is number fifteen dirty grin. It is way over the odds, that horse. Why? Way over the odds. Why? Uh well uh, look, it's it's still got upside to it, you know? It's yeah. it's 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 uh the fourteen hundred at Flemington is gonna suit it beautifully. And I'm just thinking I well, I just think uh it it's uh yeah, I, I just think it shouldn't be those odds. You know, they're not that much better than than Dirty Green. And if it gets a sweet run, you know it's going to be effective at the trip. You know, it got the money at Geelong last time, stepping up to the fourteen hundred because that's exactly what it needed. It's drawn a nice gate. Simon Zara is a good, good trainer. They were just a bit sharp for it at Wangaratta first up eleven hundred. Then it went sand down, it was beaten under two lengths behind Ebony King, that horse of begs, Then went to fourteen hundred and wins. Flemington, big track, sweet run, $126. What?
0: Yep. I've got to d- be hard. I've had a dollar each way right now with Bet365. Dirty grin for Simon Zara. So there you go. Love it. And um, just quickly before we let you go, Baller, the Queenslander, can he be competitive in the lightning down the straight?
11: I think so. I think, uh, you know, Tony Gohan's really upbeat about the sauce. Yeah. And we obviously saw Queenslanders uh, be competitive uh, in... Uh, in the spring. And yeah, like he's a good bit of stuff, this horse. And uh, I'm a, I'm keen on rock and horse in that race for Jamie Mott. Gee, I think it's, uh, it, I think it's overs. You know, nature strip, he's obviously a superstar, but he's quirky enough yeah. and he's getting a bit long in the tooth. They don't go forever, do they? So, no. um, you know, I'm I'm yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with rock and horse at a bit of odds, but won't surprise me if Ball is in the finish.
0: Yeah, Rockin' horse. She's always underrated a little bit. She's at a big prize once again, and Mike Moroni says that he's never had her better. And you're getting double well, figures for her.
11: She's beaten Nature Strip, yep. you know. So it's it's not like uh, it's it's you know. I, gee, I think she's good value.
0: And she loves the straight. Good on you, Semi. Um, we'll catch up with Thanks, you down Betty the up. track, mate. There we go. There's the great Semi Highland. Uh, 8.53, we'll take a break and then we'll wrap up this first hour here on Giddy Up on this Friday morning. Great to be with you on this Friday morning, three minutes past nine. We're racing at Morfaville on the Parks track on a Saturday afternoon. Mitchy Lewis joins us now. G'day, Mitch. Good morning to you, mate. Yeah, morning, Gareth. Um, uh, what do you think this track will play like at the Parks? Usually you need to be on pace um, in the first four or five, and that's a big advantage. Is that how you see it tomorrow?
12: Yeah, generally at the parks. And the rail goes out plus three metres as well. So I think that just tightens it up a little bit. But I tend to favour the leader at that more parks for sure.
0: All right, mate. What are we doing with um, your specials on this program?
12: Um, I'm going to kick off in race one with number three, Dunma Glass. So he's actually gunning for three wins in a row here now. Uh, and he ran a massive figure two starts back at album uh, and then backed it up with another win. The figures that he's running are impressive and he looks like he continues to improve. So he's one that's going to be up on the speed and he's drawn out of barrier one. So I think he's going to find a nice run and I think he's going to take a fair bit of catching, it, particularly if he improves again.
0: So I love it. Some um, value there. Then what are we doing after that?
12: I'm going to go to race four with number five, Saskatoon of the Jollies. So he's obviously been flying. He's won three of his last four, two of them at the parks track uh he mapped super again he's got barrier one as well and he's got speed so he should take some catching um yeah sorry i've just lost my notes here
0: that's all right uh, yeah
12: favorable conditions he should be pretty hard to reel in again
0: and richard jolly gave that galloper a good push he made it his best in in adelaide tomorrow anyway saskatoon so at two dollars forty there with bet three six five you got anything else for us great man
12: yeah, I had one more. In race five, I was going to come on and tip um, the Godolphin run Bistro, but she's been scratched this morning. So I think that just opened that race up for so Silver on Red. Right down in the weights and with uh, Borser on, I think he's got a lot of options from Barrier 1 and I feel like it maps nicely for him just to sort of sit around midfield and be too strong for him late with Bistro coming out now.
0: So Silver on Red, you've got Saskatoon race, four number five race, five number eight, Silver on Red. And um, what was the earlier horse? what race number was that race two or three race one number three,
12: Dunmer glass
0: yes, yeah, sorry, um yep, race one number three, Dunmer glass, what a great name that is um, around that two dollar yeah two dollar thirty quote. what would be your very best on that program mate?
12: I'm probably going to have uh, silver on red as my best bet now. Like I said, I'd, I was coming on to Tip Bistro, who I thought was going to get a good run, and the only danger I thought was silver on red. So now with Bistro out, I think it will be very hard to stop, especially the form he's in.
0: Beautiful. So race one, number three, race four, number five, race five, number eight. Your specials there at Morphinville, and I know you're keen on See You in Heaven as well, mate. I think if you're the eastern state or the, the New South Wales and Victorian form analysts are just disrespecting that feeling a little bit. Well, on my show anyway. Yeah,
12: I, I think so as well. I think if you have a look at her last two runs when she was over in Melbourne, she obviously had the win when she pushed forward. But remember, when she got stuck in behind, she's adaptable, so she can go back if she has to. So I'm not super worried about nine, particularly with Craig Williams on board. I think he's going to have options, and I'm expecting him to sort of just give her that room for an explosive finish. Like, if he'll he just keep her off the rail, and, you know, I'm expecting her to boom
0: late. All right, mate, go and get them. Love your work, Mitchie. And what about that story there yesterday um, at Kangaroo Island? It was a story of dreams. There was a trainer there based, I think, at King Island that trained three winners all at a price there um, at King Island. Stephen Lenahan, he had Swiss time at $61, and then he had Padstone Polly at $26, and then he had be Gone. At eight fifteen, if you watch that race, I'll be gone. Actually, went to the outside fence and missed the kick by four or five lengths, and still won. And the mail is that he had the mail is that he had it all up, like a dollar dollar all up.
12: Yeah, I believe in his dot com interview, he said he had them in the treble, and he might have got around sixteen thousand for that treble or something like that. Sixteen
0: thousand. So he's a Horsham-based trainer that was at Kangaroo Island on a fishing trip. So it's not a bad fishing he trip. I
12: thought he'd better take some runners across while he was at it.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's, that, that's a story, and that's why we love a racing game. Hey, good on you, Mitchie. Good tipping, good punting tomorrow at Morpheville. And we can catch all of your action, mate, um, at MitchLewis101. You just head to your Twitter, and then at formguidebreakdowns.com.au is your website. Yeah, that's right, guys. Yeah, love your work. Thanks for that, Mitch. Thanks, mate. Have a good day. Pinjara tomorrow. It's a really good meeting. Looking forward to the card there. Riley Morgan joins us because it's Magic Millions two year old classic day at Pinjara Park. Uh, Riley, good morning to you.
13: Good morning to you, Gareth. And just firstly, Gareth, before we get stuck into Saturday's card, I just wanted to, to send my thoughts and best wishes out to, to Dean Lester's family, his colleagues, and to everyone at RSN after the Racing World Lost. It. Lost a giant overnight. It's it's not a world I've been involved in for too long, but it, it is one that I do really love and Dean epitomised that. And quite frankly, it'll never be the same again, but all the same, a great legacy that the, uh, the great man leaves behind.
0: Now, well said, Riley. You would have heard him in Perth on Tab Radio. Um, he was a regular on there on Friday and Wednesday as well with his tips. And I think he wrote a, a regular column there for the Tab Touch website, which is the local tote in WA. So... Um, He was in Brisbane as well. He had a spot on on Sydney radio. So um, the racing industry right across the country knew who Dean Lester was. And as I said before to Semi Highland, I think the greatest legacy in listening to the tributes and reading the tributes for the great man this morning is that he's inspired youngsters like yourself, Riley, to get into this game and, and tip horses for people out there.
13: He sure did, and I know, Gareth, I learned a lot listening to him doing the halftime reports every Saturday morning on, on TAB Radio as well, another sort of segment he did week to week, and, and there was never any ego involved. He had terrific insight and it was great learning to absorb uh, anything he had to offer. In the yep. short time, I did get to
0: listen to him. He would love you tipping a few winners on a um, Saturday afternoon there at Pinjarra Park, and he'd probably even love you more if you could tip a few of Simon Miller's horses. Um, what are you thinking, mate?
13: We go to the first, Gareth, on the uh, on the program, race number one, horse number two here, and it has been a little while between dregs, but Steve Wolfe and Sean McGruddy are absolutely flying at the moment, and Export Man, to me, looks like a horse who, who's ready to win again. He he comes through what i suggest is by far the strongest form race for this behind Halitorian. He he finished off massive there, and he didn't have a great deal of early speed, but he never does, and, and never has in his career, and... But once he balanced, balanced up, he, he savaged the line in easily the best last 200 metres of that race. into third, and we've seen Halator in more than frank that form by running a very brave third in a very strong Cyril Flower behind a couple of genuine top liners in Snipperucci and, and My Bellamay last weekend. And there looks to be some really good tempo here. He should love the big, long straight that pinjara presents him. And I think if Sean McGrady can get him into that three-wide moving line building into the corner, he looks ready to break through again.
0: We had the Wolfman on getting up yesterday for the stable and he's a good judge, Stevie Wolf. He was at Albany and he seems to have well and truly got his stable back on track. He went through a bit of a lean patch. He was flying before that. Then he went through a lean patch. But now he's, as you pointed out, he's, he's just um, back to his very best, Stephen Wolf. And Export Man's won a Magic Millions and a Caracatta. They're the only two races that he's won, but I agree with you. It looks like it's his day there tomorrow. I'm um, the son of playing yeah. God.
13: Yeah, just as a result of those two wins, Gareth, he's just been weighted out of races since his two-year-old sort of since his two-year-old season. But on the weekend, he's finally he's dropped points, he's dropped points, and he's finally found another really suitable race, I think, to finally break through again.
0: All right, mate. What else are we doing there at Pinjarra to, on a Saturday?
13: I've really liked one in race four, and before we do race four, we'll go to my best in the eighth uh, as well, the feature of the day. But race four, the price has gone off overnight, and I thought I'd really found one here and, and blow me out. I thought it was way over the odds at, around that sort of $18 mark, $16 mark last night, but that price has now gone off. She's into $10, which is still still technically a bit of value with how, as short the... As short as I've marked her, but I loved her first-up effort in that same form race behind Halatorian, and she really she began on terms with the rest of the field there, but was just made to really snag early from the gate. It looked as though she was going to be caught wide, and she ended up last and had to really do plenty of work from the 800 to the 400 to be put into the race. And despite that, I love the way she cut through the field late without a great deal of room to perhaps peaked on a run over the last 100 metres, but I thought she was entitled to, given the run she had. And she should derive great benefit from that run under the belt. And no doubt in my mind, she has been set for this race, being Pinjarra Magic Millions meeting for for Brett Pope, who's the local trainer. He trains out of Pinjarra, and I think she can certainly sit much handier here from the draw. She's got a terrific record at the track, and I thought she was a terrific each-way bet, and she's still very much each-way odds there at around that sort of $10 mark.
0: So blow me out, $10, 17 into 10, Pope and Lucy Warwick race 4, number 5 and what do you like in the feature race then?
13: In the feature race 8, the Magic Millions 2 year old classic and for me I thought the best 2 year old trial that we've seen here in WA this season produced the best 2 year old trial for this race on debut quite simply in Super Smink the, the filly for Dan Morton and What she was able to produce on debut when third behind the favourite, a lot of good men, was just, I thought it was a terrific trial in preparation for getting her to this race second up. she, She tried like a bomb prior to that effort. She She actually began there much better than the eventual winner did, the favourite. But from barrier 14 of 14, was just made to really drop out the back with a lot of good men having that real tactical barrier advantage. And the way she got home was outstanding. And you'd think from barrier five, drawn the inside of the favourite, she's going to be afforded that opportunity to position up a lot closer to them on the weekend. And while I don't doubt a lot of good men has plenty of quality, I just think, To me, she looks one of the better bets of the day. I really think this filly has star qualities from what we've seen so far and is going to be a force not only on Saturday but progressing to races like the Karakata, if she can stay sound in the future.
0: Super Spink, race eight, number nine. Um, Blow me out next sport, man. Your best on a big day there in in the West for Magic Millions Day. Love your work, Riley. Thanks for that, mate. Appreciate your time as always. Thanks, Gareth. He's a good young man, Riley Morgan, kicking plenty of goals. We'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll preview some great action at the Trots at Melton and Menangle on a Saturday night. Welcome back to Giddy Up. What a weekend it promises to be. In fact, what a week it promises to be in Tassie. We've got the three- and four-year-old Classic. They tell me the inevitable is back at the races as well on a Sunday afternoon at Launceston. Bear Robertson and Snapper, Maddie Reed, join us now. Hello to you, first of all, Bear.
14: Uh, Morning, Gareth. Just before we start, just obviously passing my condolences to Dean Lester's family and friends, and in particular to you, mate, I know how close you were to him and how much a mentor he was, so I'm thinking of you today, mate.
0: No, he was a great man. I know you loved his tips. You used to... Oh, uh, every every Friday morning, mate, get the coffee. Loved it. I don't know how many people used to text me on a Saturday morning, what's dinner (laughs) like, Gareth? Can you send me his tips? Um, Yep. We used to send them through and there was a difference. Some people could pump them well and some people couldn't. I couldn't, but you could um, bear. So, um, yeah. um, yeah, he's going to be misses. No doubt about that. And just with the, yep. I saw the inevitable. Is he, is he racing again before the all-star mile?
14: Yeah. So there's a, there's the hell of a street stakes on Wednesday, on oh, a okay. cup day. So yeah. Scotty's accepted for that. So we've still got five days to decide whether or not, or Scotty's got five days to decide whether or not we run. So, He's just a touch worried of five weeks between Thomas Lines and if we get in the All-Star Mile. So, um, yeah, we'll leave that up to the experts, mate.
0: Yes. Um, Snapper, hello to you. It's a good meeting on Sunday, and then we look forward to Launceston Cup Day. Um, what do you make of this meeting at Launceston on Sunday? Yeah,
10: morning, G. Morning, Bear. And I certainly echo Bear's sentiments around Dean Lester. A very sad morning for everyone in the industry. Uh, Sunday, it's a, it's a good card, G. It's probably come up a little bit stronger than I thought it might Um, particularly the the Magic Millions two-year-old race our numbers have been a little bit light on this year in the two-year-old ranks but we've got a field of 12 which is probably up there with as many as we've had for any two-year-old race this season and the Oaks um, we've got uh, eight there we only had four go around in the strut but we've got a, a few new faces and I think that'll be a good race as well so uh, I don't think it'll be completely straightforward and a nice warm-up for next Wednesday's Lonnie Cup meeting.
0: All right, mate. So how do we make some money on a Sunday afternoon before the, the Launceston Cup meeting on a Wednesday? We'll start off with you, Bear. Go through your best bets and then you snap up.
14: I'm uh, really keen. Race seven, number one, Turk Warrior. The horse has been in great form this preparation. Uh, I reckon his mare will slide straight to the front from his barrier and I reckon that's the last you'll see of him. So race seven, number one. And also in the last race, eight number nine is the winner. It was a touch unlucky last start, just got held up at a crucial stage, it was hitting the line really well. Uh, meets the winner from that race a kilo or so better off. So I just think with they have any even luck, I think race eight number nine is the winner, will be winning.
0: So race eight number nine is the winner, and Turk Warrior race seven number one. What are you doing, Snapper Reed?
10: Yeah, I'm with Bear. Turk Warriors. is probably likely to be my best on the program. The second at Portsey for Danny O'Brien's got another nomination across the weekend. Not sure if it comes around. Kind of hope it does because it might help with our Turk Warrior price. I'd be happy to take anything better than even money on him. Uh, I think the favourite in the Oaks, gee, is a good thing. Sole choice, made very light work of a four-horse field in the strut last Friday Uh, We've had a little minor curveball here. Geordie Child's got a suspension. He's taking that. So late rider change, Zach Spain jumps on board. But I think this horse just goes to the front and and should be too good again. Uh, I think the $1.80 that you're getting is fair about it uh, in the Oaks. And just looking at other races, Gee, I think race four, Adam Trindle will win if I can Dutch his two, Incriminate and Silver Persuasion. The latter of those two doesn't have a right of name, so potentially it might not go around. But if it does, if I can back both incriminate and seal persuasion in race four, I'll be confident in finding the winner.
0: So race four, number four, and also number seven there in race number four. What's on the podcast this week, lads?
9: We
3: did, oh, a, yeah, we we did the... Uh, we...
0: Sorry, yeah, sorry. Go, snapper. Uh, I was just going to say,
10: the the Oaks is out and about. We spoke to Cameron Thompson, the head of the 2023 Tassie Magic Millions sales on Monday. Uh, So the sales are coming up there, and then we'll turn our attention to the Lonnie Cup, Bear and I will. I think Sunday night we're going to record that one. I had a quick chat to the boys. The field of 15 for the Launceston Cup on Wednesday, so good deep numbers there. Most of the fancies from the Hobart Cup are, are
0: backing up. Beautiful. I've just been in contact with Siggy Carr. I think we're getting a syndicate together, so I've locked you guys in for 10%. So um, bring it on. Um, good on you, lads. Thanks, mate. Have a good day. There's Bear and Snapper, Bear Robertson, Snapper Re Two great judges looking forward to a big week there in Tassie Racing. We'll take a break and then we'll come back with Friday's bag of tips as we try and find you a winner across the three codes. Let's talk some harness racing now. Darren Carroll previews the Melton harness card first of all, then after that, Maddie Leppard will join me to preview this magical night of harness racing in Sydney on a Saturday night at Menangle, highlighted, of course, by the Chariots of Fire. Welcome back to Giddy Up, big night of harness racing, um, both in Melbourne but especially in Sydney. Maddie Leppard will join me in just a moment to have a chat about those feature events at Menangle, But our man Darren Carroll has done the form for us at Melton on a Saturday night. Darren, good morning to you.
15: Morning, Gareth. Yeah, you got the right man for uh, for Menangle. So I'll stick to Melton. Um, Luck like a few at Melton. I think it's a really good night's racing. Only eight races. Obviously the A grades at Menangle, but um, still a really good night's racing at Melton. Um, and also a couple of horses he's probably trying to run around and, and press because they look like going to Menangle the week after for the uh, American Mile heats. So we um, start off in race two. I'm really keen on number eleven, Sir Patrick around about $6 um, that we're getting at the moment. So, didn't um, didn't trial leading into a really good class race at Kilmore last Sunday. It uh, was checked at the 800 and galloped and I'm always took no part in the race from there, but I was there and watched its last 800 and see it got to the line strongly all by itself. Um, so really like the way it got to the line. Um, always liked this horse. A um, little bit fitter for that outing and I just think each way all day at $6.00. Race two, number eleven, Sir Patrick, to get our night off to a the start. Um, then we go to race six, number eight, Cranbourne. This is a really interesting race. This is a free for all race. Some really nice horses engaged. Um, the key to the race is the map, and I'm relying on the map. Jilby um, Dynamite um, has led and held the lead uh, its last two starts at this track and distance, and then I've gone right back into its form, and I've established that it's led 13 times in its career and it's held the lead on 11 of those occasions. The only times it's handed up is when uh, it was in a junior... Oh, sorry, an uh, invitation driver's race, and the other time was when it got a wall with our uh, Bondi lockdown. So no wonder it to sit on those occasions. So I'm banking on it leading, and that means that Cranbourne gets the gun run sitting on its back. So very keen on Cranbourne, race 6, number 8. Uh, it's getting around about $3 at the moment, and I think that's a really good bet. It's um, our man Nathan Jack to drive it. And, um, yep, I think it'll give us every chance from that draw.
0: Race two, number one. Uh, yep, sorry, mate.
15: Yep, got, got one more. Got one more. Um, so we'll be Greedy tomorrow night, Gareth. will go to three. I um, like race eight, number one, Golfo Paradiso. This horse has only had five starts. It's with the Gwen Douglas, um, Julie Douglas team. Uh, it's resuming from a spell. Trialed really good. Um, hasn't raced since August. Um, created a really big impression in its first few starts and then went off a bit. Um, so I'm pleased that they sent it for a spell, um, but on its stroll, it's come back really well. Um, it's got really, really good gate speed. It can hold out Al Boston, who's, a you know, a bit of a flying machine. Just hope it's not much of a pest, though, Al Boston, because it can pull a bit. But uh, I think it leads over the sprint distance, and we're going to get around about $5, so I think another, you know, really nice bet. So we've got some value for the night, so race two, number 11, Sir Patrick, at around about $6. We've got race six, number eight, Cranbourne. I think it's probably the best of the night, around about $3 in Golfo Paradiso in the last race eight, number one. So it looks a really
0: good night's racing. Love the way you're thinking there at Milton tomorrow night. Good on you, Daz. Thanks. And it's just not the trots that have got a big night on Saturday night. It's night two of the Australian Cup Carnival at the Meadows and the heats of the Australian Cup should be an absolute beauty. Two of the highlights will be... Well, she's fast going around in her heat for Kel Greeno and Brooke Ennis sending around Emron Boy in the heat after Well, she's fast and I caught up with Kel Greeno and then Brooke Ennis to have a chat about their superstars ahead of the Australian Cup heats. Welcome back to Giddy Up on this Friday morning. It's 9.34 in the East, 8.34 in Queensland. Of course, 6.34 in WA and the Meadows will host a terrific program. Of chasing action with heats of the superstars and also the Australian Cup. And the main attraction will be the superstar Greyhound in well. She's fast because every time she steps out in these big races, she puts her hand up and uh, she delivers. And Kel Grano joins us now. Good morning, Kel. You must have been so proud of her once again in the Tem Lee. For mine, that was nearly her greatest performance to hold off um, a Greyhound like Amaron Boy when he was so close um, was just. Proof how great she is.
3: Yeah, good morning, Gareth. Yeah, look, it was um, another exhilarating performance by quite a few dogs, and Amron Boy is just a superstar. You just never ride him off. But, yeah, she needed to hold him off again, and, you know, it's just the Kelsey Bow was flying along in front, so it was never easy to win those races.
0: And when you have a look at her taking on a greyhound like Amron Boy, and we all thought, well, geez, Amron Boy was lucky, unlucky, so unlucky in that, that phoenix, but... Then when you sit back and you watch what she did in the Temley, you watch what she did in the the Phoenix again, and then watch you you, you watch what she did in that match race at Sandown. Um, I don't think she'll ever let Emron Boy go past her, regardless how far or close he is from her.
3: I I would never say never. I think he's um, he's just one more one away from doing it. He's just a, a freaky sort of dog. He's a little bit like a dog we had a couple of years ago called Houdini Boy. That's, yeah. Yes, to come from well back, and you just never ride him off, and here he comes, and, you know, I think it's um, a little bit of deja vu there that they're both by the same size. So they're just um, freaky of dogs that have got more ability than every other dog, but um, they just need a little bit of luck.
0: What about on Saturday night? Well, she's fast. She's been easy with the Bet365 market. You can get around a eighty now for her. Because of Box 7, I would imagine, um, how do you assess the early part of this race?
3: Yeah, I think um, Box 7 never helps you at the Meadows when, you need, when you've when you got a bit of speed inside you. Look, again, she's not the perfect dog. She lacks a little bit of speed, and she's not a great box dog. Um, dogs like Revolution, drawn the red, is going to be very well suited, and the lead Alex is a very quick, early dog. So she's going to have to overcome and, and get a run through at the right time, and that's part of dog racing.
0: Yeah, um, she well she put up okay after that Temley victory.
3: Yeah, she's good. Um, there's no dramas at all, Gareth.
0: All right, mate. We wish you the best of luck, Kel. Thanks for that update.
3: Thanks very much.
0: Great to catch up with Kel Green. let's have a chat to Brooke Ennis because she trains the other star of greyhound racing in Victoria at the moment, in Emron Boy. In fact, his country, and he's also at a short price at a dollar seventy. But he also needs to overcome a tricky draw in box number six. Brooke, good morning to you.
16: Good morning,
0: Gareth. I was just having a chat to Cal. Like, um, I'm the number one member of the Emron Boy Fan Club, and he's. But every time, like you, you think that he's going to get well. She's fast. She's like she's always in front on the post. But that la, the the next stride, he's in front. Um, hopefully, that can change. We just need to move the 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 wedding post uh, uh, back yeah. a little bit.
16: Oh, did you ask Callie if he's going to retire soon? yeah
0: that's what I should have asked but um, I did ask him a couple of weeks ago he said that um, she'll tell him when she's ready to retire yeah. but it's it's testament to her greatness in a way because how even how, like how exciting and how good your dog's been on, on the big stage over the last three to four months that, um, in, that speed, in that match race he had his opportunity to get past her and I guess he had his opportunity the other night as well but she's just that got that ability to know where that line is.
16: Yeah, he just seems to, especially um, probably in both those match races, that match race and the Temley, he kind of just seems to put himself in a little bit of trouble by missing the start and, um, you know, then he's got to kind of overcome a few things and and work a little bit harder than her. But, um, yeah, look, it's all credit to her. She's, um, I know there's a lot of talk around at the moment whether she's a champion or a superstar, but, you know, to do what she does week in, well, not even week in, week out. They they plan her races and, and she doesn't go around all the time. It's a real credit to the Greenos. And, um, you know, look, I'm really happy for him. Obviously, there's that small connection with my bro, Fabio. And yeah. um, But, again, I probably wouldn't be human if I wasn't starting to get a little bit disappointed. Yes.
0: <laughs> I can understand. Um, what about tomorrow? Is Barrett, box number six a concern for you? What, what How do you and Jamie see that?
16: Yeah, it's never ideal. Like Carl said, you know, you don't want to be drawn off the track at the Meadows. And, um, you know, we we know he's a keen railer. But, um, look, I think, obviously, uh, Fernando Mix in the pink and he's got pace and, well, like, we've seen him on Saturday night. He nearly crossed that field. So... Um, it's going to make it difficult. I, I hope he just can get out cleanly and get a little bit of room because I think it doesn't matter who leads if he's close enough. I think he can easily run any of them dogs down. So just a little bit of luck will be nice again.
0: Yeah, I know if we can, and he's, I think he's six dollars or five fifty with the all-in market there with Bet Three Six Five. So um, I think I have to go again. Like you love him that much that he, he can get a little bit of luck and win his heat because he can overcome a couple of checks. You would imagine in that race there tomorrow, then. All he needs is box number. If he starts from box number one in a final like that at the Meadows, he probably starts a dollar forty. Emron boy, so, yeah, <laughs> um, we It'd can be just, nasty
16: to get one.
0: Yeah, we just need box number one. Have you got a winner for us coming up outside of Emron boy?
16: Oh, it's a bit tricky at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, we haven't got a big team racing. There's only a couple. But, um, you yeah, know, I've got some young dogs nearly ready to start go, um, going. But, um, look, I think you can't ever not tip, tip Amaron Boy, can you?
0: No, we'll be jumping on. We're, 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 as we said here on SEM, we're the number one holders of the um, Amaron Boy We're the number one ticket holders of the Amaron Boy um, fan club. Now, there was talk about he doesn't travel at all, does he, these days, Amaron Boy?
16: Look, I, I I don't know whether it's the travel. He definitely um, didn't like Wentworth Park. I don't know, um, you know, obviously something went amiss there. We can't really pinpoint it. He came back well. He had a trial, you know, ten days later, and and went super. So I don't know whether it was the travel or just the fact that it was Wentworth Park. But um, look, if he if he's going to need to win some of these big races, he's going to have to travel. So. Um, you know, I think at the moment we're just having a little bit of a discussion about the Perth Cup and Yes and things like that. And the
0: quacker so, I mean not the quacker the the um
16: Yeah. Well hopefully we will see some quackers, but Yeah, the, the Sangre- sandgroper. <laughs> you know Yeah, so
0: Yeah.
16: That's on the cards obviously as well and um you know, and being as you guys are his number one ticket holder, I'm sure you'd like to see him over there. So yeah. um yeah, it's definitely we're definitely talking about it and um, you know, we'll just see what the next few months bring. But as you said he keeps getting to the catching pen first and he he thinks he's an absolute star to be honest his confidence is through the roof and um you know thankfully he doesn't know he's getting beat
0: no um we'll take on well she's fast hopefully you don't cheat on us and you stick with us with the scn slot there for the um the slot race i think it's the sand groper in wa so we appreciate your time brooke and um yeah i booked your flights already i'm just booking them now
16: Thanks, Gareth. look forward to the trip over. Yeah. Um, we'll leave Jamie at home anyway. Yeah,
0: because he's no good because he doesn't like – we all know that um, our Emron boy can't be bothered sitting in the car with him for that long, so, yeah, I agree <laughs> with you. hundred <laughs> percent. I think that
16: might have been the problem with the Sydney trip. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Brooke. Thanks,
0: Gareth. We'll take yeah. a break and we'll come back and preview a big day of racing on a Sunday at Launceston.